by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. You know, Brother Guy, he gave me this Bible about seven years ago for Christmas, and it was wrapped up. And I said, man, this is heavy. And I says, must be gold. He said, it's better than gold. And I can promise you, he wasn't lying. Because we're going to look at the Word of God this morning. And when you read this right here, it's God talking. So I suspect, because I'm going to be reading out of the Word of God this morning, that God's going to talk to you. And it says, he that have ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. And it's up to you whether you listen to what the Spirit has to say or not. God won't force it on you. You have to be open to hear from the Word of God. And I just want to ask you this morning, are you free? Well, let me just tell you this. You can be more free when you leave. If you would, to put up on the board, Titus, the second chapter, the 11th verse, and going from the King James Version. That's the one I study the most. I'm going to be talking to you this morning about amazing grace. It don't get any more amazing than grace, let me tell you something. You wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for amazing grace. Let's pray. Father God, I come to you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ to lift up the name of Jesus because, Lord Jesus, you are the word. You always have been the word. You always will be the word. I ask your Holy Spirit to help me. Help me to draw out in this length of time, only what you want me to say and do in this service. The Lord Jesus says, I always say what I hear the Father say and do what I hear him to see and do what I see him do. So just help me this morning, Holy Spirit. That I won't waste my time, your time, or these people's time, but say only what needs to be said in this service this morning. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Titus, the second chapter, and the 11th verse. I'm going to be talking to you this morning about grace because there's a lot of things um, said about grace, and uh, some of it's not true, some of it is. It says in Titus, the second chapter, and the 11th verse, it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation, has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Right now, 
Not when you get there and you have your glorified body. It's right now. And it says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak, exhort, rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise you. Now, you can always tell the difference between the grace of God and what man may say grace is. If the grace of God is not leading you into holiness, teaching you that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, you should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, if the grace of God is not teaching you to walk in the light as he is in the light, it's false. It's false. Because God's grace is only holy. He came to set the captives free, which <laughs> I'm very, very thankful for. Because sin is a trap. It's bondage. You're not free when you're bound. But we're going to be looking at grace this morning. We're going to be looking at freedom this morning. I believe that if you're in here this morning and you're not free, I believe if you'll listen to the word of God and let it go down into your heart and take root, you'll be free. He who the Son is set free is free indeed. And I'm going to tell you something. It's a whole lot better to be free than it is to be bound. I know what it's like to be chained. I know what it's like to be free. And I'm only free because of his grace. Grace is so good to the person that walks in it. It don't get any better in grace. Every service at the jail, we always start off with amazing grace. These are so amazing. I'll say, Brother Joe, go ahead and kick us off. And Brother Joe, let it rip. And we'll just go with amazing grace. You know, the Lord said, make a joyful noise. And we make a, a noise. A, joy, a joyful noise. We're off beat. We don't even know what it is. Don't know what a chord is. Don't know what anything is. But when you got men in there, and they're raising their hands, and everybody's singing in a different direction, but we're singing Amazing Grace. I'm telling you, it gets amazing in there. Pastor Guy can tell you about worship services in that jail. Let's go to John. And let's go to the fourth chapter in the King James Version up on the board. In the seventh verse. Now, this, I won't even start the first verse. I'll start at the seventh verse for the sake of time. But the Lord Jesus Christ is witnessing to this woman here. And let's see what, what happens here. It says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. And it says, Then said the woman of Samaria down him, How is it that you being a Jew ask a drink of me, which am, am a woman of Samaria? 
for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith thee, give me the drink, you would have asked of him, and you would have, and he would have given you this living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with. The well is deep. How are you going to draw this water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus said unto him, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give unto him shall never thirst. But the water I give unto him shall be in him a well of water springing into everlasting life. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not. And come hither to draw. So the Lord Jesus Christ is witnessing to her. And he's offering her this living water. He's offering her grace. Okay? In John it says the law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came by the Lord Jesus Christ. You see... You're not going to get this grace without the truth. You have to hear the truth to get to grace. Now, she says, I want that living water. And Jesus says in verse 16, he says, okay, go get your husband. What does her husband have to do with her getting this living water? Has everything to do with it. The woman said unto him, I have no husband. Jesus said unto them, you well said you don't have a husband. And he said, you've had five of them. And he says, the man that you're living with right now, your boyfriend, he ain't your husband. Now, before Jesus told her this, why did he not just say, okay, you want this living water? Pray this prayer. He could have. He could have said, pray this prayer. But he said, no. He said, go get, your, go get your husband. So what's he doing? He's pointing this woman to sin so she could repent. See, you won't get that living water without repentance. He's pointing her to sin so she could see the state that she's in so she could repent and be free and get this living water. Now, I'm not going to read none of the rest of it, but if I'm not mistaken... It says she went and said, go hear a man that's told me everything about myself. And then it says they came and they believed not because of what she said. They heard him for themselves. You know, I went to this church. I visited this church for about four years. And I would visit this church because it was like on a Saturday afternoon. Okay, nothing else going on. I visit and I visit a lot of churches because I don't want somebody to tell me what's going on. I want to hear it for myself. I want to see what's going on. So I visit a lot of churches. I've been in Catholic churches. I've been in uh, some of them I can't even name. I've been in all kinds of churches. I went to this one church and for four years, not one person ever got saved in this church. The word of repentance was never mentioned. Matter of fact, if you said it, they'd probably throw you out. Not one person was ever water baptized. Not one person was ever healed. Not one person 
was ever filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, you see, there's a problem with this. But it's a mega church, and they do good works. But grace, the grace of God that brings salvation, is never mentioned. You see, you want to build a mega church? A lot of folks. You want to build disciples? You got to tell them the truth. He's given apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors for the perfecting of the saints. For the perfecting. You can herd them in. You can herd them out. But build disciples? You better tell them the truth. About what grace really is. I want you to go to Romans fifth chapter in the 17th verse it says in Romans 5 and verse 17 it says if for by one man's offense death reigned by one much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign as a king in life by Jesus Christ notice it says the abundance of grace. Grace is the goodness and mercy of God given you through his goodness. Didn't have anything to do with you. It had to do with you believing that God is that good. And God is that good. Matter of fact, it sounds too good to be true, but it is. It says, therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men the condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men the justification of life. For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, many shall be made righteous. It says, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded. Grace does much more abound. There is no sin. There is no bondage. There is no anything that grace don't much more abound. If you're bound, it's only because you don't want to receive that grace. Because that grace is offered to you freely. The Word will set you free. The Word of God will keep you free. The Word of God will change everything about your thinking to where you come, you become more conformed to the image of God than you do this world. Day by day, step by step. Pastor God says, I'm still growing. I am. Every day, every day I get up, it's a new day. Yesterday's gone. I don't care. Tomorrow's not here. I don't care. I ain't thinking about neither one of them. Just this day. That's all I care about. That's all I need. If I'm going to walk in victory, I'm going to do it one day at a time, one step at a time. It says that his sin has reigned on the death, even so might grace reign through righteousness on the eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. It says, what shall we say then? 
Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? <laughs> God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? I want to say something. I was in this store the other day, and this TV was on in the store. And I heard this song uh, that I haven't heard in a long, long time. And usually I don't pay no attention to it. But for some reason, I paid attention to it. I wanted to see what it was saying. I heard it as a kid, and it goes like this. It was from the Almond Brothers. I got somebody to look this up for me back in 1969. And it says this. Sometimes I feel like I've been tied to the whipping post. Tied to the whipping post. Oh, Lord, I feel like I'm dying. You see, sin will kill you. And back in the 60s, man, they was dropping dead like flies. In their 20s and everything else. I mean, they was on every kind of drug you can think of. Tied to the whipping post. I've been tied. <laughs> And the devil was whooping. And when you give him place, he'll beat your brains out. But that whipping post, it ain't good. Let me tell you something. Grace and freedom is good. You see, Elvis said he's caught in a trap and can't get out. They're tied to the whipping post. There ain't no difference. Look, I got two sons that's preaching the gospel today. One of them was on drugs. Both of them was on drugs for 18 years. One of them has been preaching for eight years. And one of them has been preaching for over four. My son in, in Oklahoma, he's witnesses to everybody. And he was witnessing to this person. This person says, oh, so you're perfect. You know, these religious folks and these sinners, you know how they come off. They try to trick you. Oh, oh so you're perfect. He said, well, I'll tell you what. He says, he's perfect, and I abide in him all the time. End of subject. What are you going to say? You see, two of them was tied to the whipping post for 18 years. They have a will. They can do what they want to do. But I prayed. Amazing grace. I'll never get tired of it. You know, I was preaching at this church one time. It was an afternoon before. I was going to the jail. There was two speakers that day. I was the first one. I got up to speak. Had nothing to do with what I planned to say. I got up to speak and uh, finished speaking. A person got up after me and put on a good show, performed well, could jump up and touch their toes. 
You see, there's too many performances going on. And I get a call the next day. The pastor says, Boy, you stir some devils up in my church. He said, them folks are mad. I come to find out that they was fornicating, going to the casinos. They was running wild. There was no truth taught in this church. Come to find out the pastor was meeting another pastor coming in from Atlanta, and they was going to the casinos. You see, there's no truth being taught there. Why they have church, I don't know. You have a social club. The church is where the Holy Spirit of God is welcome. And he's there. And as the Holy Spirit moves, things happen. Like in the book of Acts. See, the power of God. The grace of God and the power of God. will transform you into his image. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ was the firstborn among many, many brethren. We're supposed to be walking like he walked. We're called the body of Christ. We're supposed to live like he lives now. Back to Romans. It says, Know ye not so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized in his death? Therefore were buried by him by baptism into his death, that like Christ was raised from the dead, we should walk, uh, be dead by the glory of the Father, even all we should walk in newness of life. For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that the old man's crucified with him, that the body of sin may be destroyed, and henceforth we should not serve sin. He that is dead is freed from sin. I'm dead, but I'm alive in Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet Christ liveth in me. The life for which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He took my place. You're talking about grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and communion with the Holy Spirit. Come down here and took our place while we was yet in sin. We didn't want nothing to do with him. He loved us anyways. Now, if we be dead with him, we believe we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death had no more dominion over him, and that he's dead, he died unto sin once, and that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise. Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. It says, Neither yield your members as instruments unto righteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God of those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Sin shall not have no dominion over you. You're not under the law. You're under grace. <laughs> I want to say something. You're under grace. I remember being at my son's house, and it's the only time I, I get to see TV, and we watch, we watch preaching. I was in Oklahoma. And we was watching this preacher on, uh, on TV. I won't, say, I won't say his name. 
He, he operates in the office of a prophet. And he went to this mega church, mega church. And he was out in the foyer talking to the pastor. And as he's talking to the pastor, two lesbians came by. And the pastor talked to him and greeted him. And then he looked at this preacher and he says, they just love it here. They just love it here. You see, if you tell them the truth, they're either going to get converted or leave. They ain't going to love it there unless you're lying to them. It says, what then? Shall we sin? Because we're not under the law, but under grace. Here he goes again. God forbid. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or on to righteousness. It says right here, you can yield yourself to whatever you want to yield yourself to. You can be up on that whipping post doing whatever. Or you can obey and be free. The choice has already been made. It's up to you. What will you do? What will you do? He says, choose life. You got death over here. You got the whipping post right here. He says, choose this side. Choose life. Choose the power that's in grace that causes you to be free from the law of sin and of death. I'm going to read down the verse 21. It said, what fruit had you in those things whereof you are now ashamed? But the end of those things is death. That's your past. It says... Now being made free from sin, you became servants to God and you have your fruit unto holiness. There's that grace again. The grace of God that brings salvation. Teaches us that you can get by with anything you want to. Huh? <laughs> Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously in this present world. You may say, Brother Tom, what about those preachers that are lying to folks? Well, I can tell you this. I don't know what it's going to be like on Judgment Day, but it ain't going to be good. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Acts 10, verse 34, verse 34. Acts 10, 34. It says this. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness 
is accepted with him. Everybody may not do the word of God. But I'm going to tell you this. If you fear him and you love him, you'll obey him. You will receive the word of God if you reverence and respect God. And the word of God is what leads you in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Let's go to Ephesians, the second chapter. The first verse. It says, before I read here, I may not turn to the other place, but I'm going to say this. It says, flee fornication. Every man, every sin that a man sins is without the body. He that commits fornication sins against his own body. I was ministering to this person one time. This person, everybody in the church was trying to help this person. And this person... uh, uh, was a homosexual plus would have any other kind of sex also. And I was witnessing, to the, I was talking to this person, I said, how, how long have you been saved? And this person said, well, I think he said eight or ten years. I don't know. I, don't know. I said, when did you repent? No response. No response. I believe salvation, I believe being saved is, is more saying some words. I believe there's actions involved. I believe if you've been born again, there's going to be some good fruit. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. Ephesians second chapter. And it says, you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power, the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversations in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and of the mind, were by nature children's wrath, even as others. Oh, but God, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherein he loved us. When, even when we are dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved, raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places. That in ages to come we might show forth the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God had before ordained we should walk therein. You saved by grace. Through faith, it's the gift of God, not of works, least any man should boast. I want you to put up there Hebrews 10 and 29. I'm not sure what it says. I know what it says in the King James, but put this one in the New Living. And I'll find out when I get there. I'm going to have to read it off here. So Hebrews 10 chapter. 29th verse in the New Living. Sure. Real small? You, you read it for me, Nikki. Is this New Living? Stand up and read it. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated 
In other words, it says in the King James, it says, done despite unto the spirit of grace. In other words, <clears throat> they've twisted the word of grace. Let me tell you something. God don't change. He's never going to change. And his word is the same today as it was 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, whenever it don't change. Times may change. Society may change. But God never changes. We're either conformed to his word or you're conformed to whatever. That's why it says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Jude, the fourth verse. New living. Oh, quick. Quick. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people were recorded long ago, for they have denied our only master and our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, saying that God's grace allows us to live in moral lives. It's a lie. You're going to reap what you sow. God's not mocked. A little bit more, I'm going to close. I want to go to the first chapter of John. John 1. Not the first chapter of John, but John 1. One, first John, yeah, yeah. First John. First John. 1 and verse 7, Okay. It's towards the end. It's in the King James. 1 John 1 and 7. First, I'm going to read verse 5, and I'm going to go to 7. We're about done. This then is much as we've heard of him and declare unto you that God is light in him is no darkness at all. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ cleanses me from all sin. Now see, if I walk in the light, if I abide in him, I walk in the light as he is in the light. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. But if I walk in darkness, it ain't going to cleanse me. But if I abide in him and I walk in the light as he is in the light, I'm cleansed from all sin. It don't get any better. Let's read. Verse 9, you say, well, Brother Tom, I ain't saved very long, been saved very long. Well, God's merciful. he give you time. He's merciful. He's kind. He ain't going to give you forever. But he'll give you time. Man may not give you as much time as he is. He will, but he'll give you time. It, but it says this, if we confess our sins, he's faithful. Now, this is written to Christians, Okay. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But you've got to believe this. You can't keep asking God to forgive you the same thing over and over and over and over again because you don't believe it. Once you ask God to forgive you, that's it. It's done. It's over. And then you forgive yourself. It's done. It's over. Go on. There's therefore now no condemnation to you. Who's accused of the brother? Who's a liar? The devil? <laughs> you don't need to be listening to him. It's instantly over. You greater than God? He forgives you, you won't forgive yourself? 
I don't care if it's 20, 30 years ago. Forgive yourself. Forget about it. It's done. It says this, two in one. It says, my little children, these things I write unto you, that you sin not. Remember? Grace of God teaching us that you don't sin. That's the will of God. It says, but listen, but if any man does, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. It's called grace. Every head bowed, every eye closed. <clears throat> While your heads bowed and eyes are closed, I just want to say something uh, before it gets away from me. Back before Pastor Guy became the pastor of this church, there was quite a bit of fornication going on in this church. And after Pastor Guy became pastor, people started getting married because they was being told the truth. And I remember this one couple, they had been living together for a long, long time. Their children were grown. But guess what? They got married. Marriage is what honors God between a man and a woman. So I'm going to ask you this. If you're in here this morning, I don't know who, you know, maybe you're here and you've never been born again. I don't know. Maybe you've never been saved. Maybe you're online or whatever. You've never been born again. Maybe you joined the church, but you've never been born again. Well, the grace of God is here this morning. You can be born again right now. Set free to walk and do this life. You can get off that whipping post and be free. He who the Son is set free is free indeed. Just repent of your sins. Turn to God. Make Jesus Christ Lord of your life. Is there anybody in here this morning that said, Brother Tom, I don't know whether I'm saved or not, but I would like to know. I know one time I was in the jail and this man asked Pastor Guy, he says, how can I know that I know that I know? I didn't say anything, but I'm going to tell you how you know that you know that you know. You repent. And when you do, you'll know it, and everybody around you will know it. They'll say, what happened to you? If you're in here this morning, and the Holy Spirit's dealing with you, you don't know whether you're saved or not, but you want to know this morning. Can I see your hand? I see no hands. So I assume I'm preaching to believers this morning. This is a believers meeting. If you're online, you never receive Jesus Christ. You never repent of your sins and turn to God. Repent. Ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and make him your Lord and Savior. If you're in here this morning and you got any sickness, disease, or pain in your body, 
I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come up. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I just want to see your hand. I see hands. Leave your hand up just a second. I'm going to speak to you. Father God, I thank you right now. I speak to these people. And I thank you that signs, wonders, and miracles confirm your word. And they follow. And I thank you that the Lord Jesus Christ, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still the healer. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're being glorified in this place this morning. I thank you that sickness, disease, and pain is leaving their body in Jesus' name. Put your hands down and thank God that you're healed, that you're whole, that you're free. If you're in here this morning, You've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost, like on the day of Pentecost. This is real. <laughs> this is real. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power to be a witness in this life. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, but you want to be this morning, can I see your hand? Church full of believers. Church full of safe folks and filled with the Holy Ghost. I can see that the staff here is doing their job. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.